Good evening, afternoon, wherever you are. It's five o'clock somewhere. My name is Travis, and I'm the host of Oscar Mike Radio. And this is a show about veteran stories, military history, and happenings, and people who help us veterans out. And I'm with one of them, my good friend who I've met and known and come to love, Mr. Brian Walker, incoming president for the VFW in the state of Tennessee. Brian, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Hey, Travis, it's a uh, it's a pleasure, and actually, I'm the incoming state commander. Oh, so, sorry, I got the, I get the, I no, got no, the you're fine, you're fine. It happens, uh, but yeah, incoming state commander. Incoming so. state commander. It's still a pretty big honor to me, and I'm happy to have you here. I, I like to talk to all veterans. Um, you know, to be in the VFW, you had to you know serve you know in, in a foreign uh, a theater. So I'm very curious about your, you know, military journey, if you will. Uh, just give us a few minutes and take us through, you know, how you joined the military, what you did, and then your transition out, if you would, please. Um, yeah, I mean, my my journey, I think, is, I mean, I guess, like many others, I mean, it, it seems like when you hear one, I, I don't want to say you hear them all, but it, it, when we're talking amongst ourselves, it's like you you, you fall into it, like, you hate talking about yourself because you like hearing about someone else's story. Well, so, that's like, why I'm can, asking the question. Yeah, I could sit with a million. Like, I, that's one of the things I love. I never get to talk about mine. Um, so in 2003, I joined the Air Force. Um, uh, my first duty station was a little town called Alamogordo, New Mexico. Uh, it was uh, uh, Holloman Air Force Base. Um, great place. I was on a, I was on a unit called bear base. Um, and what our mission was, was setting up remote bases all over the world. Oh, so wow. shock and all like our guys set up. I remember talking with my chief and he was talking about shock and all, and there was folding chairs. And, um, obviously I missed that, but they, they brought in folding chairs and they sat there at the Baghdad airport and watched the bombing. Like they were watching a fireworks show. <laughs> Um, and that's exactly how it was described to me. And I think, uh, I think your audience would not take any offense to that. Um, and then, um, about a year, year and a half into my active duty service, I, I heard about this thing called palace chase where you could go from the guard or from active duty to the guard guard. And it was, I had made some calls and, and done some, I was just digging around into it, trying to figure it out. And I called Memphis, Tennessee, talked to a gentleman uh, by the name of Jimmy Murphy. And uh, he, uh, he said, well, we'd love to have you. And I said, well, I'm still active duty. He said, go to the palace chase office, tell them you want to, you want a palace chase to the guard. He said, they'll take care of you. And, and that's what I did. And um, it, completely changed my life. I mean, I active duty is great. I loved it. I had a blast, but the guard side, I was a technician. So I wore a uniform seven days a week. Um, even when I was in civilian status, you know, you were still in uniform. You still followed the same rules and the same protocol. Um, but, uh, I did that for a while. And then, uh, it was kind of funny. My wife and I were actually just talking about this. Um, I begged and begged and begged to go overseas. Like I went to my commanders, like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And um, we announced we were getting married and we announced the wedding date. And the next day my chief comes down and says, commander wants to see you. 
So I go upstairs thinking I'm in trouble. You know, I don't know what I did, but I'm prepared for whatever it is. I'm not really prepared, but I was, I was just ready to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, or deny. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I got up there and he said, well, you're getting deployed. I got your name in. And I said, okay. So I'm getting married. When do I leave? And he said, 30 days after you get married. And no problem. Of, no, well, you know, and he, he, then he said, I'll give you the rest of the day off so you can go home and tell your bride to be. And I was like, oh, that's, that's great of you. Um, Thanks, sir. But every, you know, <clears throat> you hear stories of that and you hear horror stories, you know, relationships that weren't ready for it or, or whatever it may be. But our relationship, my wife and I got so much stronger over that. I mean, the fact of being gone and then having to build that bond just, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I got to deploy for Operation Enduring Freedom. Uh, I came back in 2000, I deployed in September of uh, 2010, came back late January 2011. Um, and I served uh, until 2015. I was medically separated, uh, three shoulder surgeries in 12 months. Um, the military doesn't, you know, <laughs> you're they're like, hey, your shoulders aren't good. You're not good to us, but I still love it. And I still appreciate them and everything I got to do. And it wouldn't have me on the journey I'm on now if it wasn't for that. So I'm appreciative. Awesome. Well, well, just by virtue of you being in the Air Force, I can assure you that our journeys aren't very similar. But uh, that's another topic for the time. You, you do this and you make separate and you have to build life. You know, you transition to did you grow up in Tennessee? I did not. I, uh, I spent half my life in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the other half in a little town outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So two completely separate yeah, lifestyles. I, I, we lived just outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, in a little town called Kellerman. And yes. uh, we, we learned about uh, Bear Bryant and Roll Tide. And it's religion. My first there. day of seventh grade, I was in homeroom, which was PE, and it was our football coach. And he said... Walker and I said yo a couple of times. I did a lot of push-ups my very first day of seventh grade. I learned to say yes, sir, real fast. Yes. But then I had to make that decision: is it roll tide or war eagle? Um, and I and I went roll tide, and it hasn't let me down. Um, but uh, yeah, oh it's God. everything you hear is true. I'm an LSU fan, so it's it, it's it was. A uh, this interview's time. over. I can't. I can't do this. Uh, oh, <laughs> brutal i gotta deal with this you get out though in tennessee and you started working i assume professionally you know i, I don't want to assume that's that's the mother of all mess ups did you start working did you transition to something else how did that work i went into business uh, for myself um i had a so i being in and obviously i was in the vfw um i was doing other things but i I watched my grandfather, who was a World War II veteran, go through so many health issues um, and the struggles he went through. And um, so I bought I, I went into home care franchise or, or home care, senior care. Um, and I had a senior care company. And I mean, I loved it. One of my first patients was a, uh, a tail gunner on a B-17 that was shot down um, over Holland. And he was a POW for years. Um, uh, 
and and come to find out and this 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 brings everything back we're talking and i'm talking with his daughter his daughter goes and grabs a picture and brings the picture of his of him standing on the tail of his shot of his shot down plane and after he was free they they took him back you know and whatever but there was a picture of him with the aircraft and i noticed the tail symbol and i said i know that symbol and i went back and that symbol was the start of the unit that I deployed with. Oh wow. When I deployed for Operation Enduring Freedom. So it was it was extremely humbling um to to take care of a World War II guy and I deployed 75 years later on you know and, and the airplanes we had had that logo on it on the tail um which is a a triangle with a K in the middle. Um and it was uh, it was amazing. Wow! So so you you do this. H- how do you start becoming a member of the VFW? You know, when did you start getting involved with VFW? Was it right when you got out, or was it a little while after you got out? So when I was in, I got involved, but I was still serving, so I wasn't heavily involved. I was if they needed like something for a mailbox or for their flag collection box, I would make it or get it made or do whatever had to be done. Um, It wasn't until we were at one of our district meetings and I just happened to be off that night and was able to go. And uh, our post commander at the time, or our post, yeah, he was commander at the time, Robert Hunt came to me and said, our quartermaster died. Quartermaster is a lot of work. He said, I'll step down to quartermaster, but there's none of the older World War II Korea guys want to step up to be commander. Will you do it? And I was like, well, it's a heck of a position to put me in. I was like, but if that means the success of the post and you guys are willing to work with me, I'll do it. And I did it for a few years and, you know, we did okay. Um, it took me a couple of years to get my feet wet. Uh, but then once I did, and I realized what was going on and how it worked, then I was able to say, okay, we identified a post that was that wasn't operational. Um, it was primarily a World War World War II generation, hadn't really been been used since the early two thousands, late nineties. Um, and I uh, stepped in there, and we were able to make that an all American post uh, three years in a row. So one of the things that I'm experiencing through, you know, my, my travels and talking to people and just, you know, what's going on is the VFW is, I wouldn't say on the ropes, but they certainly understand there is a, a youth problem to be candid. And one of the things that's really interesting when I first met you um, in, in 2019 at uh, Semper Sliders, actually, I think it's where we met. Well, actually, we met at the courthouse for Andrew. When then yep. we uh, talked it further at uh, Semper Sliders, is there's a drive with Tennessee to infuse youth and passion and vigor back in the VFW. And I'm curious, you know, what's your approach to that? How are you doing that? Because that's not a simple thing in, in, in today, especially when you add COVID and other things to it. It's so for us and and the VFW as a whole. Now I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and put a blanket statement out there. Okay. 
the VFW gets the rap. And when I go talk to groups, like I went um, right before COVID, I was invited to speak to the Mid-South Realtors Group, uh, which is the Mid-South area, which is Arkansas, Memphis, or Tennessee, Mississippi. It's a big area. And there was about 400, 500 Realtors in there. And I always open up with, when I say VFW, what do you think? And everyone gets quiet. Everyone's, and then you start, you know, I push them and I get, dark smoky bar um a bunch of old people um you know uh, uh that those are those are those are the, the typical responses i get and what we found is with our generation we're no different than world war ii world war one korea vietnam like when we're young we want to be involved in the community we want to do things in the community. So when we started pumping out about our scholarships and the different things we do as an organization, that excelled us to a different level. And then as I got in and learned more, if you call our, na our national office, it's just about all younger veterans running every department involved in every level and how supportive they are. So I think the the bad the, the, some of the stigma that goes on. I think it's pockets, and what we've tried to do here in Tennessee is promote what we do good in the community. And then what we really did was we took the, the social media aspect of the world we're in today, and we just we drove through it and just pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And I mean me personally just paid ad paid ad paid ad just trying to grasp and get some kind of traction you know it's like you're stuck in the mud and you're trying to get that wheel spinning and you're finding anything you can stick under there to get traction that's what that's what we were trying to do and it worked i mean we got key players in place um you know i i i look at the the movement that we have right now in tennessee with the younger veterans like the grandfather of that is the guy who recruited me robert hunt then you go and you've got myself and there's a handful of others. But then in the, in the most recent years, you've had people like Justin Johnson, who I think you've, you, I don't know if you've interviewed yeah. Justin, but I know you know who he is. Yep. And especially Andrew, like right. these guys have helped accelerate this and just they threw fuel on the fire. And the VFW in Tennessee right now has like the younger veterans want to be part. They want that. So we literally cannot stop recruiting right now. Our recruiting is, there's certain posts in the state to have this wheel turning, man. And it's just, it's like a, I don't want to call it a cultural phenomenon because that's, that's not, I mean, but within the veteran community, it almost is like people just want to join. They want to be part of it because they see what we're doing. Well, one of the things you're doing and one of the reasons that we're talking on his birthday, folks. And I'll tell you what, Brian, I'm going to sing happy birthday to you at the end of this show because uh, uh, I love you, dude. Is love you, you too, know, brother. Uh, you're, you all are putting on a golf tournament uh, at the end of April. And it kind of coincides with the Freedom Tour that's also a VFW event. And I thought it was really interesting. You have a golf tournament. Everybody knows what a golf tournament is. You go out there, you drink your, your booze, you, you, you tip it back, you throw money at it, and you have a good time. 
but you've used this as a way to bring volunteers, AKA, you know, prospective members into the VFW, but also the freedom tour is a way is something completely new and different. So I want to talk about the golf tournament first, because it doesn't seem like a typical run of the mill golf tournament. It, it seems like veterans in your area truly understand the need for it and are behind it to support it. So let's talk about that first. You know, how the, how's that golf tournament an indicator of, of, of veterans getting involved in, in the Tennessee area or middle Tennessee? Yeah. Well, so it's, it's really all of Tennessee. So the golf tournament, okay. um, it's a, so we, <clears throat> Texas, and I love to throw Texas out there. Dan West, if you see this, I love you, brother. We got to get Dan on your show. Dan's fantastic. Okay. Um, but Dan West is like one of my biggest role models in this organization. And I, I went to him and I said, Dan, like we're here. We want to get here. How do we do it? And he, he, we talked about a foundation. Um, and I reached out to Kevin Jamison, who's another great friend at the VFW Foundation National. Um, and what the foundation does, and a lot of people don't realize that uh, the VFWs, are five, like VFW posts are a 501c19. We're not a 501c3. When we open a foundation, we become a 501c3. That opens so many more doors for fundraising and so many more opportunities for us as posts. One of the things I love about doing a foundation, and this is what we got with Andrew about and how the, how the golf tournament got started, is we can do a virtual pantry for veterans, meaning Humana, they do their combating for hunger campaign. One in four Iraq, Afghanistan veterans suffer from food insecurity, which that number blew my mind. That means if four of us are in a room, one is struggling to eat a meal. That's um, insane. It is. It's extremely insane. It, it just blew my mind. So I talked with Dan and we were able to figure out that for every 100, he, they, Texas went above and beyond. Man. Like I'm telling you, and I tell them all the time, they owe us. They owe Tennessee. <laughs> well, you should sit the way around. He brings it up every time. He's like, yes, you owe us or we owe you. Um, but uh, uh, we, they hired a nutritionist and then they went to walmart.org or .com. Sorry. And they can, a veteran has a, has, needs a meal. Literally they can plug it in, plug in the address. They pay for it. Walmart ships it to that person's house. So especially right now in COVID, like it's hands free. Like there's no, the less hands you have touching something, the better right now. Right. Um, Cause you're not spreading anything. But for us, it was, it was opening that door. It was saying we need to do something and go a step and above and beyond. If we want to get to the next level, we got to do something. And Andrew was getting ready to, to, to announce his candidacy for state chaplain. He said, you know, Brian, I, I need, we would need something to do. Like, what should I do? And I just, I threw this idea at him and he, you know, you know Andrew, he ran with it. <laughs> that's an understatement. I love, and I love that about him. And that's the kind of energy you need. Yeah. So I'm doing the marsh. I was like, I want to be the marshmallow long drive sponsor. So I bought like the marshmallow head that DJ marshmallow wears that lights up and 
we're going to have all kinds of fun with it. But I was just speaking at a district meeting um, in Columbia, Tennessee this past weekend or this past week. And uh, I told him, I said, I said, guys, I said, you guys can come out for this. I said, they're going to have a live cannon to fire. I said, I don't know what it is about Marines that are machine gunners that become chaplains, but they want loud bangs. <laughs> so I'm giving all this to Andrew, but yeah. So, um, and every, everyone loves it. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited for this event and this, I mean, this is the first year. So whether it raises a hundred dollars, yeah. whether it's $10,000, whether it's a hundred thousand dollars, we're in the step in the right direction. And that's all we have to do is get that ball moving down the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really kind of interesting. You have this event and you know, Andrew's talking about it and, and ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's a, it's a golf tournament. There's going to be sponsorship links in the show post where you can, you know, check it out. And if you want to throw some support at the DFW in Tennessee, you can, we'd appreciate it. And then the next day is that Friday, the 30th golf tournaments on the Thursday, Friday, the 30th is this freedom tour launch with Chris Turner and pastor Waldrop at bold Patriot to that involves the VFW in a very different way. And I really, you know, am liking what I'm hearing here. And it's my understanding that, it, that Tennessee is going to kind of open up VFWs to have this concert. And Chris is going to perform. He's a Marine veteran and Chris Turnmusic.com. And they're going to present this uh, Crossroads or Warrior Hope education curriculum for PTSD and moral injury and mental health. And it's just a very different vibe that the VFWs involved this way because, you know, my experience, Brian, we talked about this is, you know, if the VFW, if it's new and it's different, then it must be bad. doesn't matter what it is. If it's new and it's different, bad, nine, net, no way, cancel that. And, and, and so I'm like, wait a minute, is this, are, are you sure this is the VFW? Because I can't believe, I, I can believe, but it's hard to believe. It's cool to believe now that you all have embraced this. So we've been, been working on embracing things like this, especially this past year. Our, our state commander, Richard Lee, has been fantastic. He, he wants to, he, he's given us all kinds of leverage. And this idea came and with COVID it's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And it looks like it's, it's, it's going to start kicking off now, but the VFW, and, and this is when you, when you say that they don't like anything different, I think that's veteran culture. Veterans, some, they get True. caught in their ways. You know, you know how it is with an MRE, man. Once you find one you like, you don't want to give like you're looking for menu number 22 or whatever it is like that's what you want um but this deal that they're doing and and you're gonna see this now i can't release everything coming out because honestly i don't know yet i won't know till next weekend but the incoming national commander for the vfw has really 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 taken community and partnerships with other organizations to an entirely different level um, 
So it's going to be part of every VFW post in the country. If they want to exceed a certain exceed, exceed a certain level of expectation, they're going to have to partner with outside com- with outside organizations. Um, now, whether that be a Freedom of Hope tour or whether that be a Rotary Club, but they're going to have to find that and they're going to have to partner. And 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 that's what it's about, man. It's about community. But when it comes to the Freedom Tour, what Chris is doing. And and Pastor Walter, what they're doing is just amazing. I mean, I was on a conference call with them the other day and I haven't been through their training yet. Um, I I know Andrew went through it and I was supposed to, but I had something come up with this. I couldn't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm excited about it. Um, I know I gave it to our incoming state, uh, state surgeon, who's a, a 20 or he's a retired E9 and he was a medic in the Navy. He spent most of his time with Marines. So he's like, no, I, should, I probably should be a Marine. But he read through those books and he came back and he said, Brian, this is amazing. What they're trying to do is next level. And so by bringing Chris on and doing this, it is going to, we're hoping this is ground zero for what's going to become something that's going to spread like wildfire across the country. And and, and that's the entire expectation. But that's really what Tennessee, our focus is right now, is doing good for our local veterans and then experimenting. What's going to work? What can we do? What's next? What can catch? Because we want to be the model for the rest of the country. We want to be that, I guess, that big brother, or that person you look up to, or, you know, where do they, we want to be giving the next not even, and, and, I, and I struggle when I say this because we, we want to give for the next generation. You know, I'm 40, 42, I almost said 41, I'm 42 now. And I'm not 21 anymore. You know, I'm not that young airman who likes reading books anymore. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I decided to put the Air Force joke in there for you. <laughs> but I never liked reading books. Um, but you know, we have to look at the next generation, what's coming behind us, because there's going to be, if you look at American historical data, I think it's like every 10 years we're in a war. If you look at it through the stats, um, so, I mean, yeah, we're in a 20 year war, but what's the next war going to be? Who are the next kids coming behind us? And we need to make sure that the VFW is in a position to help them. And I think something like the Freedom Tour is a major piece to making sure that's done because, I mean, we're the v- we're not the Gary Sneeze Foundation. We're not building smart homes. You know, um, we're not, I'm not a PTSD expert by any means. Right. Um, we're not, housing homeless veterans, but we've been around since 1899. Um, here in Tennessee, we've been around since Oct- or, or since 1930. Um, I look at us like the grandparents of VSO organizations, veteran service organizations. Absolutely. We should be an incubator. We should be helping these other organizations get out there and get moving. Because we can't have our hands in every single pot. We can't do everything. We're not building smart homes. You know, right. 
you don't want me doing that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we need to be connected and we all need to work as a unit. And once we can put everything aside and say the veteran comes first, you come first, we need to help you. We need to do what's right for you. That's when all this becomes a success. Well, as you, you know, do these things come up within the April and then transition to state commander, you know, is that your, you know, mission or competency belief system mantra is the veteran comes first and everything else will follow. You know, how are you handling that? Because you're going from, you know, one role what's very localized to covering the entire state. And, and I, I say that because I noticed that when I come to Tennessee and when I've driven through Tennessee, I've told Andrew this, I've told other people this, the first time I did it, like, you know, 20 years ago, it's three different States mm-hmm. in one state. And it's long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost as long as Texas is. And that was a long ride. So, you, you know, you're having to, to, you know, administrate and minister and serve, you know, three different, you know, population and culture groups, you know, as you take this role on, you know, what's going to be your approach? My approach is going to be education. Yeah. We need to educate our veterans and our community on what we do. So fast, the community aspect gets thrown out of it, but we do all the, we do a ton. I mean, I think a lot, uh, the last fact sheet I saw is the VFW did $3 million in, in youth scholarships. I mean, that's, that's a lot. But a lot of people don't realize that we also do have a service as, uh, officer aspect to it. And we've just passed the $9.4 billion, billion dollar mark in recovered benefits for veterans. $9.4 billion. And... I I might get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Wounded Warrior Project. We do a, huh? You won't get in trouble. We do a lot of their claims. They pay the VFW VSOs to do their claims. A lot of them. We don't advertise that. We don't advertise what we do as an organization. So when I travel around the state and I'm talking to, or West Nashville post and John, the commander there, or if I'm going down to Chattanooga and I'm talking to David Chadwick, our buddy down there, or anyone across the state, they're like, man, when are we going to advertise what we do? When are we going to talk about what the VFW does? You know, we see all these commercials for wounded warrior, but we know our guys are doing claims for them. But yet you've got Mark Wahlberg doing a commercial for them. Tracy Lawrence doing a, big superstars and when are we going to promote the times now we're going to start promoting in Tennessee now we're going to have our own fact sheet we're going to promote what we do we're going to promote our scholarships we are going to push and let the community one who the community supports us if we go out and ask for donations whether it's our poppy programs whether it's whether it's for our scholarships or whatever we're doing you know those are civilian dollars rolling in so they need to know that their money is hard at work to support the veterans in their community. But we also need to let the veterans know, you know, don't, 
come visit your local VFW post, talk to your commander, get your contact information for your service officer, reach out. That's what we're here for. We are here to help. And we just, and I think this goes back to the stigma I said at the beginning where people think we're just a, a smoky bar. You know, once you, once you realize that we are here to help veterans and that's what we do, our bubble is going to go from like Tennessee, like we're here. I'm hoping that like we're out here. We're going to blow up because we have to, we don't, and this isn't just me. This isn't just Tennessee. I'm in a a chat group with, with senior vice commanders from all around the world. Department of Europe and uh, uh, the Pacific, you know, we have, we have departments everywhere. We have 60, I think 6,700 posts around the world. Oh, wow. Um, and, we, and we talk and we don't do a good enough job advertising what we do. And the, the time used to be, and I'll hear it from some of the old timers, and I appreciate what every single one of them say. And I try to listen and I listen. I don't try. I do listen to them because they're a wealth of knowledge coming in on how things used to work and what they used to do and, and, and how and, and just the history in them. But uh, the VFW used to be millions of members. It used to be massive and they still a lot of them still in their head think, well, we're the big boy on campus. We can walk in and say, hey, we're the VFW we want. You should just come to us. We shouldn't have to go beat pavement. That's not the facts anymore. Right. You know, one of the things I get criticized the most for is, and it was in the beginning, it's, it's lessened now just because of the fact that what we're able, what, what we've accomplished, but it used to be, well, you're on social media, all you're doing is self-advertising. I'm not just self-advertising. I'm promoting the organization, but you know as well as I do in today's marketing world, you've got to put a face to something. Yeah, you're you've not you're not going to connect with people if if they can't see that a figurehead is connected to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just a marketing pitch, and people see through that now. Really especially quick. especially the demographic you're trying to reach. Yep, yep. And veterans, I mean, you know it as well as like. I, I had this. We don't trust anybody. Everybody's we, we, trying we, to scam us. We sniff. <laughs> that's why I kind of sniff my nose because we can sniff out the the the, the bullshitters. And yeah. you know, I get told all the time, you know, you're not a very trusting soul. Why is that? Well, I've, I've had my I've had my education. Let's put it like that. <laughs> but I think this all comes to a full circle where it's not just somebody passively waiting to get served it's a group of you all you know led by a a certain individual whether it's you or somebody else who's saying hey the veteran comes first we're going to go after there and get it and i think that's why you know your your mission and your story resonates with me so much and people that you know work with you know us uh, i think that's why we support you and i'm so happy to do so so as we kind of wind this down before singing happy birthday you know, it just, there's, there's, there's this current of excitement that I want people to know about because mm-hmm. the question I get asked is, well, okay, you're, you're up in new England. Why do you care about someone in Tennessee? I said, because, you know, that person, you know, sat down with me at, at a at separate sliders in Nashville and took the time to explain what their vision is. 
I said, that's what we need to see more of as veterans. And I think, I think that's why you guys are going to have the success you're going to have. And I mean, am I wrong? Am I, am I seeing that wrong? Cause I don't think I'm, I'm off in that regard. You know, no. And, and it's not. Okay. So I'll be commander. Um, I'll be conducting meetings. I'm the one that's ultimately responsible if things go wrong, it's on me, but if things go right, it's a team, right? We are a team. There's guys that are coming to me with ideas and they're like, I want to do X, put the plan together. Let's get it together. And that's their, their thing. I'm not going to stand up there and say, well, we did this and this is me. No, this is this person. This person did this. And if they don't feel comfortable laying out their plan and what they have and what they're doing, I'll get up there and do it for them. But I'm going to have them sitting front row, if not standing next to me, because this is a team. You know, as well as I do, our generation going through the service, it's, you know, it used to be, what was the army, an army of one? Yep. Like you're not an army of one anymore. You're a unit. You're a team. Teamwork plays together. And if I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people like Robert Hunt, Andrew, Justin, like the list goes on. David Chadwick, uh, 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 John, uh, uh, Tyler, like there's so many of them across the state of Tennessee that even Texas, Dan West, I wouldn't be, we wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for those guys. So they're just as much in this as I am. Um, and I love every single one of them. And that's what's going to make us a success is because this is a unit. This isn't one person standing behind a podium saying, we got to make 100% and that's how this is going to work. It's not just about the membership. The membership's important. That's how we get our numbers. That's how, here's something a lot of people don't know about the VFW. Our national commander gets to sit down with the U.S. president one-on-one and talk about veteran issues. There's a lot of veteran organizations that people donate and support to that don't get to do that. Right. There are very few that get to do that. Um, and that's, that's the difference of what the VFW is, but we have to operate as a unit and be one. Well, speaking of unit, I mean, April 29th, we're going to have a unit exercise where we, we hit a small projectile distances for accuracy Right, right up our alley. We're going to have cannons and, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. We're going to have a, a, a freedom tour launched the next night, the bold Patriot in Nashville. What I'm trying to say folks is you can no longer say to me, that the DFW has nothing going on, especially if you're in Tennessee. And if you're not there, well, then, you know, you missed out on a great time. So Brian, I just want to thank you for coming on and talking with me and folks it's April 8th. This is going to air later, but this is birthday. It's your birthday, Brian. He is 42. And, you know, I feel led, you know, to give something back to you. I'm going to sing you happy birthday to close us out, brother. How about that? I appreciate it, man. Let's, right, I, want to see, I want to hear a Marine <clears throat> sing. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Brian Bubaloo. 
Happy birthday to you. Now, I appreciated Travis. That was gorgeous. The only thing I was afraid of was that you were going to say happy birthday, Mr. President. No, no, no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was gorgeous, man. I appreciate you. You know I love you. All the love um, to you, man. Happy birthday today. I think it's great. I can't wait to see you here in a couple of weeks. And, yes, sir. Um, much success on, on you know, your transition and your role uh, for this year and going forward. I'm, I'm, and I'm happy to be a small part of it. No, you're a huge part, and we appreciate you. Thank you. All right, folks, we're winding down this, this big promo week for the Freedom Tour and the DFW Foundation Golf Tournament in the Nashville area. I have all the links, the sponsorship links, the show links, everything in this show post. Wish Brian a happy birthday. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you very much.